This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome in. It is the Pasadena Preview here on Fan On Demand. Radio Joe Zanzola with you. Thanks for taking some time to listen to this little podcast. And uh, I'm not someone that does podcasts. Uh, I just never have the chance to do it, really. It's been a long time since I've done a podcast for the fan. Uh, but for those that don't know, I've been covering Badger football for the last five uh, five years. It's it's really hard to believe it's been that long. Uh, I've had some bad luck on the way. Uh, I've been to four Big Ten championship games, all of which the Badgers have lost in. Uh, I've not had the opportunity to cover the uh, Orange Bowl or the Cotton Bowl. A couple of significant wins for the football program. I don't really care how you slice it, uh, but I've not had a chance to cover those games. I am, however... Going to be going out to Pasadena to cover the Rose Bowl, and I'll have full coverage on the fan uh, through all the shows, Chuck and Winkler, the big show, and, of course, the Bill Michaels show, show I produce, uh, You know, getting you ready for that game. But uh, I definitely wanted to take the time here to talk about the Wisconsin Badgers because the thing is, you know, right now during Packer season, it is hard to find some time to really break down this Badger football team. And I think when you really look at what Paul Christ has done to this football program, he has really kept this thing stable. And I think if you're some of these other football programs that used to have prominence, you know, like we're talking about a Texas or a a UCLA or a USC, a lot of those football programs are not where they used to be. And I think a lot of them could look at the Wisconsin Badgers right now and say, I'll take what the Badgers are doing. I mean, yeah, the Badgers – are this football team that constantly comes up short of a college football playoff. They get so close, and they're not able to close it out. I mean, if you're a, if you're a football program like Wisconsin, you got to do every little thing right just to be in that conversation, and then you got to be able to shut the door in the Big Ten title game, which they haven't been able to do. It's been frustrating. But I think if you're some of these former premier programs that had all the success, another good example would be Nebraska. They have never been the same, especially since they moved over to the Big Ten. You think about all these football programs, they're looking at Wisconsin and they're going, wish we could be them. I mean, again, Paul Christ, everything he's been able to do for this Wisconsin football program since he took over for, you know, the chaos that ensued when Gary Anderson just decided to, you know, get up and leave because the academic standards, he wasn't able to bring them down a little bit. He wanted to make this a spread team and that didn't work out real well. So he just packed up and left. And for Paul Christ to come in, and to be able to flip this team and be able to put them a couple of seasons in that college football playoff conversation, the fact that he's been undefeated in bowl games, like I said, the Orange Bowl, the Cotton Bowl, now the Rose Bowl, he's done a lot. He's really done a lot. And last couple of years, too, the recruiting classes have been even better. And a lot of that talent we have yet to see on this Wisconsin football team, which I think will give you a lot of promise and hope, especially with quarterback Graham Mertz, who I don't believe will be the quarterback next season for Wisconsin. I think that's going to stay with Jack Cohn for now. Jack Cohn's earned it. But I think, you know, Paul Chris has just done a hell of a job. He just has. And, 
yeah, you might have if you if you're someone that has the expectation of college football playoff, well, chances are you're probably going to get your hopes up. I mean, this season was a perfect example of that. The Wisconsin Badgers shocked everyone, I think, with the six and zero start that they had. Certainly shocked me. I mean, if you want me to bring up my predictions from the beginning of the season, I had a lot of questions. I mean, I had a lot of questions about the Wisconsin Badgers and where they'd be, and I I told a lot of people to just, I don't know, lower your expectations just a little bit because last season was kind of a disappointment. I mean, you remember when the offensive line was on the cover of Sports Illustrated. I mean, that was supposed to be one of the best offensive lines in the country, and they kind of fell flat. And then on top of that, most of those guys went off to the NFL. I mean, you only came into this season with one starter, and that was Tyler Biotish. You also lost, last season, a couple of key veterans on that defense. T.J. Edwards, Ryan Connolly, Olive Sagapulo, Dakota Dixon. I mean, these guys were huge leaders of that defense. And now the question was, well, who's going to make up for the production? A lot of those guys on the defensive side of things last year all made impressions at one point or another, but we didn't see any legitimate playmakers come out. So you had all that. You came into this season thinking, okay, well, how many of these guys on the defensive side are going to step up? The offense seemed to be a little bit more solidified. Outside of the fact that you had four new guys on the offensive line, you had a full receiving core that was coming back. Jack Cohen did some things last year. There wasn't enough, and more people were clamoring for Graham Mertz. Well, Jack Cohen proved a lot of people wrong. Oh, and by the way, you had the best running back in the country in Jonathan Taylor. So that gave you some optimism. But there were a lot of moving parts going into the season, and I just didn't feel comfortable to say that this Badger team was going to be 6-0 and to start things off. Not to mention their schedule is pretty tough. Well, first six games, you have four shutouts. That's pretty good. I don't care who you are. I don't care what college football team you are. A lot of these premier schools face far lesser teams, but they're not blowing them out every week. I mean, Alabama isn't blowing out these lesser teams every week. These lesser teams are going to put up some points. But the Badgers were able to put up four shutouts, including one against Michigan State. And I know Michigan State ended up not having a good year this year, but to do it against a Big Ten team, that's that's pretty good. So I think a lot of people were very stoked after that 6-0 start. I know I was. So then it was, okay, you go into Illinois, you should be able to beat them, right? Let the record be shown that, you know what? You had the lead that entire game until the last second. And four different things went wrong in that game, which just screwed with the Badgers, and it screwed with their heads. And losing that game brought everyone down, because I think a lot of you were thinking, well, this is the same old Badgers. This is what happens. They get on this high, and all it takes is one little letdown, and that's it. We can kiss goodbye to the college football playoff. Well, that's what did it there. In the following week against Ohio State, the Badgers held their own. You remember, they held them at halftime. I mean, they were only trailing by three points early on in the third quarter until finally Ohio State stepped on the gas and ran away with it. And at that point, not only are you having doubts about College football playoff, you can throw that out the window. You're also having doubts about the Big Ten championship game because now you're hoping and praying that Minnesota screws up. And we all knew what Minnesota was. Minnesota, good team. P.J. Fleck has done a very good job, but they had a much tougher schedule the final four games. And I felt at that point that the Badgers could still get to Indianapolis by winning out. And they did. They did. It was great. 
I was not surprised. And I was also not surprised that Minnesota was going to slip up. That game against Iowa, I penciled them in as a loss, and they lost. And then you went into Minnesota, and you just completely gashed them. And you were creative offensively. You did a lot of things right defensively. You you beat P.J. Fleck. Paul Christ outcoached P.J. Fleck in that game. And going into the Big Ten Championship game in the rematch against Ohio State, it was encouraging to see the Badgers up 21-7 at half. I don't want to get my hopes up because, you know, when you've been your fourth Big Ten Championship game and you're used to the Badgers blowing or giving up leads, uh, it does hurt. It You just, you just, it, I've learned not to get my hopes up. Especially in that game against Penn State a few years back where they were up 28-7, to they blew that lead. At that point, I thought I was going to cover my first Rose Bowl, and it wasn't the case. But the thing is, yes, doesn't surprise me at all that Ohio State came back and put up all those unanswered points in the second half. It also didn't help the situation that Chris Orr left, their leader on the defense. Who, by the way, let's talk about Chris Orr for a second. Let's talk about some of the guys that really stepped up this season and made an impact. Because like I said earlier, you know, you needed guys to step up on that defense. You lost so many leaders. Well, Chris Orr, first and foremost, is the leader of that defense. And the fact that he went down with that head injury, that I mean, you you lost a spark. It's not to say that had Chris Orr played a healthy game, a full game against Ohio State, that they would have been able to maybe minimize some of the damage. They still probably would have been gashed by J.K. Dobbins. I mean, he's that good of a running back. still think Jonathan Taylor's a little bit better. But nonetheless, um, I think Chris Orr would have made some kind of impact, but it probably would not have led to a win. So Chris Orr, and, and a quick little story about Chris Orr, you know, Chris Orr really stood out his freshman year when he got opportunities. I mean, he was he was really good at the inside linebacker position. And then if you remember in that game against LSU at Lambeau Field, Chris Orr went down in the first series. Uh, and he had a he had a bad knee and he was done. His season was over. And that's where Ryan Connolly stepped in and Ryan Connolly took that job and never looked back. So Chris Orr has always been second fiddle to those inside linebackers like Connolly and Edwards. So Chris Orr was one of those guys this season that you were hoping for big things. And he had a hell of a year. I mean, he was just so stout up the gut, very good at shooting gaps, very good at stopping the run, and he'd get to the quarterback. And he was that vocal leader on the defense. Zach Bond was another guy that last season made some impressions, but he wasn't that dominant edge rusher. He wasn't explosive. Well, he had a huge year this year. Huge year. Explosive. 10-plus sacks. Owning it. Zach Bond made a huge impact on that defense. Your safeties have also made big impacts for the Badger defense as well. Eric Burrell has had some big moments this year for Wisconsin. So has Reggie Pearson. Reggie Pearson's made a lot of big hits. Um, He's been very good at reading quarterbacks and uh, disguising coverages. Your corners have not been as good. Um, It's kind of been a musical chairs. They've been rotating corners out every every week. But I would say that Rashad Wild Goose is probably one of their best corners. Fayon Hicks is right there. And Caesar Williams has really come along late in the season and had his best game against the Gophers. So, you know, when we talk about players on this Badgers team that have been able to take a step forward, it's part of the reason why this defense – was more dominant than maybe a lot of people felt. Again, you needed guys to step up and take bigger steps forward in their progressions, and they did. 
And that's why this defense has done a very good job this season. And again, they 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 played very well against Ohio State, even thing even when adversity was starting to build. Now, offensively, let's talk about the offense for just a second. Jack Cohen, as we all know, has proved a lot of people wrong. And we all remember this debate that we had. Had it on the fan on every show about whether or not Paul Christ was wise enough to be going with Jack Cohen over Graham Mertz. Jack Cohen did not surprise anyone last year with big plays. In fact, the coaching staff was having a hard time trying to unleash him and just let him throw the ball downfield. They weren't they weren't doing that. It's just a lot of checkdowns, a lot of quick slants. There wasn't really anything else there. Well, the thing was, Jack Cohen throughout the a good portion of the season just showed how efficient he was. And he wasn't making stupid mistakes like Alex Hornibrook did last year. And Jack Gohan has been able to do a really good job reading where his receivers are going. And he's been able to spread it around so well to so many viable targets. I mean, we knew that this was probably the best receiving core the Badgers have had in a long time. Maybe the best receiving core ever. The Badgers have never been known to recruit great receivers. Paul Christ has been able to coach and get everything he can out of the talent he's been able to bring in. And one of those guys that I still can't believe is playing for the Badgers right now is Quintez Cephas. I mean, you think about a kid that had everything stacked against him, especially in an era, in a day and age where um, sexual assault is a is a pretty big deal, and any accusations made are very serious, and you must take them seriously. Well, it turns out Cephas had some great lawyers and some great arguments, and I felt all along this guy was innocent. I mean, when you're when I when I've been around Quintez Cephas uh, after games, he doesn't strike me as the kind of kid that is going to get into that kind of trouble. He is a very quiet, soft. Soft-spoken person, um, but he does relate well with his teammates. His teammates love him, um, and I think not everyone is good in front of a microphone. Let's just be honest. But Quintez Cephas did not strike me as the kind of kid that would be doing any of that. And so when more and more of this evidence came out, it just seemed obvious he didn't do this. And then he had all the support too of his teammates coming out and doing these press conferences at the courthouse defending him. It was great. And then Quintez Sivas got back to the football field. He was staying in shape, but he hadn't practiced at all. And the next thing you know, he's out there making plays for the Badgers all season. And one can argue that maybe he should be targeted even more. Quintez Sivas has kind of become the Devontae Adams of the Green Bay Packers. You want to give him the football. And some people fell in the Big Ten Championship game against Ohio State that maybe they should have been thrown to Quintus Cephas even more. I mean, he was having a monster game, and they kind of went away from him at the start of the second half. But Quintus Cephas has been just an amazing receiver in so many ways. I mean, it's just when it, when it comes to his speed, when it comes to his hands, and he is a legitimate deep ball threat. He can go up and get any 50-50 ball he wants. Him and Jack Cohen have established a lot of chemistry, and and that's why I think one of the keys in this upcoming game against Oregon is you got to be able to stop Quintez Cephas. You're going to have to find ways to double-team him. Otherwise, he is going to beat you. So Quintez Cephas has been a huge, huge spark for this offense. The offensive line, I think, 
is probably better than last year's offensive line, and that was a more experienced offensive line. This line, um, you know, has not been perfect every week, but for the most part has given Jack Cohn plenty of protection to make his proper reads and be able to make a good throw. They've also been very good in giving Jonathan Taylor gaps to exploit and explode and score. This offensive line is done a really good job, and I think they're going to lose Tyler Biotish after this season. I'm guessing he's going to go to the NFL, just like I think Jonathan Taylor is going to be going to the NFL. But this offense has done an exceptional job, and now they can beat you in so many different ways. They're no longer one-dimensional with JT. And it was cool to it was cool to hear after the game too at the Big Ten Championship that Jonathan Taylor was going to play. You know, we've seen a lot of these running backs now not playing bowl games because they want to protect their draft stock. And I get it. I don't blame them. Can't fall in one bit. There's a lot of money on the line. If you're set on going to the NFL, you gotta you gotta protect yourself. You gotta be you. Well, Jonathan Taylor, after the game, was asked about that. And he's like, Wait, what are you talking about? Of course I'm gonna play. Jonathan Taylor is a team player. He will always be a team player. He has always been very humble. Um, you know, talking with him, interviewing him for the last three years, this is a kid that is not worried about himself. Yeah, should he have been in the Heisman Trophy conversation? Probably. Probably. He. I mean, the fact that this this kid's been you know, breaking records left and right, and he can't even be a finalist for the Heisman Trophy in any one of these three seasons is a little shameful. I mean, he's got over 6,000 total yards on the ground. And this year, the 21 touchdowns he's been able to put up and the fact that he's now a pass-catching threat, which only adds more to his value. But Jonathan Taylor knows how special this Rose Bowl game is. He knows the history that's behind it for this university and some of the downfalls that the Badgers have had in it, including losing three straight in 2011, 2012, and 2013. But Jonathan Taylor is going to play in this game, and he's going to be a huge threat. And Oregon is going to have to account for that. They're going to have to find ways to probably stack the box and let Cone beat him, which he might. He might. But yeah, it's just, it's, it's, just a load of crap that Jonathan Taylor hasn't been able to get into the Heisman Trophy conversation. And this year, look, I understand there's been four legit candidates, and you can't translate an offensive player to a defensive player like Chase Young, but part of Ohio State's success this year is because of Chase Young. And I don't think Ohio State's the same team without Chase Young. He's been that dominant. But you've also had quarterbacks too. Joe Burrow leading the way. who ended up winning it, um, well-deserving of it. I mean, he's been that great of a quarterback. So that's been kind of the nutshell here with the Wisconsin Badgers. It has been a very good season. And again, it all depends on what kind of expectations you had for the Badgers at the beginning of the year and kind of the expectations you had for the football program. Because again, if your if your bar is, well, they should be college football playoff every year, Joe. All right, well, you're probably going to be disappointed. And you're probably going to say that the Rose Bowl is not a valuable bowl game to be playing in. That's your opinion. I don't agree with it, but that's your opinion. I think for a lot of the alum, a lot of the people that have gone to Wisconsin, and by the way, I didn't go to Wisconsin. I've been a Badger fan my whole life, growing up watching them. I went to Carthage College, but I've had friends that go to Madison. I've been to Madison. It is a great town. I went to a lot of those uh, football games, too, in the student section. Also a great experience. 
But I think if you're someone that went to the university, you definitely believe that the Rose Bowl is still a very special game. And it may not be college football playoff. It's still New Year's Six. And again, the history and every and every time the Badgers have gone, it has meant a lot to not only Madison, but also the state of Wisconsin. And so that's why I think that the Rose Bowl is still a valuable game. I mean, it was funny the other day I was reading Barry Alvarez, and obviously he's not going to say anything bad about um, the Rose Bowl. But he made the point that, you know, when I was an assistant at Iowa and I was at my first ever Rose Bowl game, it took me a quarter to finally really lock myself into the game because I was in awe of where I was playing and what I was seeing. And it was also funny that after Alvarez learned from that and after he became the head coach, he would take his players into the Rose Bowl days beforehand to say, okay, take this in, appreciate this, take as many pictures as you want, do what you need to do, but when it comes to game time, you guys are going to be locked in. I don't want the Rose Bowl, the mystique of the Rose Bowl game to be bothering you. That's a good approach. And I'm guessing Paul Christ will do the same thing with this team. I mean, they're already out there. Uh, They're going to be spending about the next week preparing for that game. I'm sure Barry Alvarez has walked up to Paul Christ and said, Paul, please get them into that stadium a few days beforehand and then get down to business. Because I think it is going to be one of those games that, you know, for me, I've never been to the Rose Bowl. I've been to California a couple times, but I've never driven by the Rose Bowl. I've never even seen the main entrance with my own uh, lousy eyes, my my four eyes. But I'm I'm really looking forward to it. You know, there is there is something special about playing in a very historic stadium like the Rose Bowl, um, and I think if you've been there, I think you've appreciated it. You know, I I last year I was in L.A. for the uh, Packer Ram game, and I covered that at the Coliseum and. That was a special moment because you think about all the history that's been going on in that stadium. Not just football games, but the Olympics. And for the fact that the Lombardi Packers won a Super Bowl there. So you you got to appreciate that. If you're a sports fan, you have to appreciate what the Rose Bowl game is. Again, it's not college football playoff only you know every three years. But it's still a special venue. So now looking ahead to this game... Uh, between the Badgers and the Oregon Ducks, it is pretty funny to see how evenly matched these teams are. I mean, you really think about it. Quarterback-wise, I would say the Ducks have the upper hand because Justin Herbert is believed to be a potential first-round pick in the NFL draft. Um, Some believe in Oregon that he didn't do enough this season, but, I mean, if you look at the 32 touchdowns to five interception ratio, that's still pretty good. I don't care who you are. Uh, Justin Herbert will be a huge threat in this game. Um, he's been more of a pocket passer this year, uh, so it's going to be important to try to, you know, pin the ears back and try to, you know, keep him on balance as much as he can. But he does have the ability to run. So if you're comparing Justin Herbert to Jack Cohn, I think Justin Herbert definitely has the edge over Cohn. From an offensive line standpoint, too. Uh, the Oregon Ducks have one of the best offensive lines in the country, and they have done a very good job allowing Justin Herbert to make big-time throws. So that's that's going to be, I think, trench warfare. And this, this is both sides of the football. Trench warfare is going to be key in this game. That Badger defensive front, led by Chris Orr and Zach Bond, 
going up against one of the best offensive lines in the country. That's going to be a huge battle, and that might determine or partially determine the outcome of this football game. Obviously, Jonathan Taylor beats out all the Oregon running backs combined. The Oregon running game has not been um, as great as people hoped. C.J. Verdell right now is their number one running back. He had a big game in the Pac-12 championship against Utah. He rushed for over 200 yards. That's the guy to stop, but they have had some lulls this season where they have not been able to get the running game going. Uh, They also have um, a very good receiving core led by Johnny Johnson III. Um, His numbers are pretty comparable to what Quintus Cephas uh, has been able to put up. But I think when you're comparing the weapons of Wisconsin to the weapons of Oregon, I think Jonathan Taylor and that receiving core has the edge over what the Oregon Ducks provide. So there's that. Then if you flip it around, uh, Oregon does have a very good front seven as well. Uh, That will be something to watch out. Again, we're talking about matchup in the trenches. Badger offensive line, as I said, has done a very good job this year. But there's going to be a lot of guys to keep it, keep an eye on for that Oregon defensive front. So that will be one of the biggest things there, too, is looking at the trenches. But I think defensively, I would still give the edge to the Badgers' defensive front over Oregon's defensive front. And I, I think one of the biggest weaknesses right now, guys, one of the biggest weaknesses in this game is going to be the Badger secondary. Because if Justin Herbert does have time to throw the football, um, this is a secondary you can exploit. Now, again, we've seen the good, we've seen the bad, we've seen the ugly from the secondary group. Um, Fayon Hicks does have the speed to keep up with some of these fast receivers, uh, but you know, coverage at times has been questionable. So you're going to need a big game out of Fayon Hicks, Rashad Wild Goose, Caesar Williams. I mean, those are the three guys. But again, it's it's been the good, bad, and the ugly from them. Um, and I mentioned earlier that Eric Burrell and Reggie Pearson have had really good seasons, but they too can be beat. So if Oregon has the ability to throw the football, the secondary needs to be on full alert because they might get beat by these guys. So that's going to be another one of those big keys going in. But I do believe when it's all said and done that the Badgers will win this game. I'm p- predicting them to go 23-20 the final, but I think it's going to probably come down to the final drive. And we've seen historically in this game, especially the last three years, how final drives, controversial final drives, like the Russell Wilson one, the spike, um, you know, leads to leads to a loss. And it hurts. I mean, it just it's a punch in the gut. But I really think this Badger team led by Paul Christ, I think they're going to be able to pull this out. Jim Leonard, too, the way he's been able to coach this defense this year. I think the Badgers are able to get it done. You know, Paul Christ is undefeated in bowl games since he took over this football program. I, I cannot wait for this game coming up. It has been a really good season for the Badgers. I'm not sure what the future holds, but again, like I said, with uh, recruiting classes and what the Badgers have been able to do, they have um, they have the talent there to coach up and to put them in the best possible situations to win. So I cannot wait for this game. Uh, you guys can follow me on Twitter, at Radio Joe Sports, at Radio Joe Sports. That's also my Instagram account, at Radio Joe Sports. Uh, you do have to send a request, but I will accept it. I'll be you know, tweeting out pictures. I'll be posting stuff to my Instagram. I'll be posting stuff to the fan account as well, at 105.7 FM, the fan on Twitter, and at 105.7 FM, the fan on Instagram. Uh, everything is going to be there. I fly out on New Year's Eve day. I'll be back on the second. I'll have reports also on all the shows, so stay tuned for that. 
But uh, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be great. It's gonna be perhaps one of the coolest things that I've ever had a chance to cover. Um, you know, being here now for eight years, this is um, this is gonna be a big deal. And I think for anyone that has not been to the Rose Bowl game, I think you should go out there and <laughs> spend the money and do it. I think it is a bucket list thing. Uh, it's something I'm gonna be able to check off on my bucket list. But definitely take it in. Definitely enjoy it. Uh, and it should be a very good football game on New Year's Day. Again, Radio Joe Zanzola, thanks for listening. This is the Pasadena preview. And uh, stay tuned. There'll probably be another podcast after this, looking back at the game and looking ahead to the future of this football program. On Wisconsin, we'll talk to you guys later. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.